Well, if you have a copy of the scriptures, you may want to just turn to Psalm 63, and we're going to spend a little bit of time before we go, go to the Lord's table this morning. This past Friday, I had already had a message planned for this week, and when I ran across this, it changed everything for me, which is a little unsettling, but in many ways, it's, it's been good for me. Typically, as we're adults, we'll have routines. We get up in the morning, whether you drink coffee or not, I drink coffee, and I like good coffee in the morning, and uh, probably the greatest tragedy in our household is if we ran out of coffee in this morning still, and we've got to make a, a run <laughs> uh, to satisfy those cravings early on. But the first place I usually go when I read the Scriptures is to the Psalms. And I've made it a habit over probably the last year to the first thing I will do when I sit down and to start to read is to read the Psalms or to read a Psalm for the day. And I'll tell you why I've come to that place. It's because typically when you you read through the scriptures, you're going to read history and theology and doctrine and truth. And all of those things are incredibly helpful. But there's something about the Psalms that that hits me at a heart level, how I'm I'm doing. And when I say heart, I mean my mind, my, my will, my volition, and my emotions, because we are emotional people. And what I love about the Psalms, especially as, as David will write many times, you identify with him right at the beginning with how he feels. That is the way I feel today. And it may be dark and difficult. You may be struggling with a relationship or a situation or financially or with your job or with your kids or your future, and the Lord knows we struggle. And I identify with the psalmist. And the psalmist will then work through these emotions to the point of praise and thanksgiving and truth. And in reality, that's what I have to do every day. I don't don't wake up in the morning just doing wonderful (laughs) spiritually. I don't know about you. you Now, maybe you wake up and you think, you know, there's a great day. And uh, you feel like Mr. Rogers and and you're ready to go. But... uh, I wake up and I have got to reset my mind, my heart. I've got to get my head back in the game. And the Psalms are are tremendous for that. So when we look at Psalm 63, it's one of my, my favorite Psalms. In fact, years ago I memorized it in the King James Version. And then when I was reading it in the NLT, I thought, wow, wow. And it's uh, just it, another angle on it, another, uh, it prompts your thinking. But the first part of the psalm begins, in, in David, like, like so many of his other psalms, he says in verse 1, O God, you are my God, I earnestly search for you, my soul thirsts for you, my whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. David was in the wilderness 
So in reality, physically present in the wilderness, but he's also experienced a wilderness spiritually, emotionally, mentally. It wasn't just that he was actually in the wilderness of Judea. These are things he was going through. You read through the life of David and you, you realize how much pain he experienced, how many enemies he had, how many losses he had to endure. And I think back to the beginning of, you know, we start reading about David as a young shepherd boy and just great kid, and he loves God, and he has simple faith, and he slays a giant, and he becomes an instant sensation in Israel. Everybody is applauding him. They begin singing songs that Saul, the present king, is slaying his thousands, David, his ten thousands. He begins leading armies out. Samuel, the prophet, comes and anoints him as the next king, showing God's favor. So you think, how much better can it get than that? And isn't that the way it should be? You know, you have simple faith. You're a young boy. You have simple faith. God, I'm going to serve you. And it's just like, kill the giant, slay the thousands, anointed And then my life just continues to go like that. But you find this, that that after those experiences, there was a lot of time in the wilderness. In fact, from the time that David was 17 until he was 30, he went through a lot of very difficult and painful experiences. Even after that, with his own children. So many times we struggle with And David will express this in other psalms. Where are you, Lord? Where are you? Have you forgotten me? Or he'll pray this, which I identify with. How long, Lord? How long? (laughs) Because there's so many things I've prayed for, and I think, Lord, okay, are you there? Do you hear me? How long do we go through this? And that's why when he expresses, my whole body longs for you, my soul thirsts for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. So my present need, my present struggle puts me on a search. And I am seeking, I am searching, I am looking, I'm asking questions. And I don't think it's wrong for us to say, where are you, Lord? Now, we know he's right here, but I'm not feeling it. How many times have we said, I know it, I'm not feeling it? And so we cry out to God. We cry out to God in our helpless state. Our circumstances have put us in the place where we need him desperately. And then it says the Lord responds. From this dry and weary land, he goes on to say, I've seen you in the sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. Now I have looked at this text and and I've thought, It's easy for me to believe God's power and His glory. Yes, God is almighty. He is strong. He is all wise. He he is everywhere at once. He's eternal. He is glorious. 
But I think probably the most difficult thing for me to connect with sometimes with God is on the love level. God, do you really love me? Do you really care about what I'm going through? And when David works to this and describes his unfailing love as better than life itself. Better than life itself. How can love be better than life itself? It's because God is love. He personifies love. And he's the giver of life. He gives us eternal life. He gives us abundant life. He gives us hope for the future. And so what happens is God sees our condition. He allows us for whatever he's doing... He doesn't waste things. God allows us to go through this condition. He's working in our hearts to cry out to Him. Many times, frustration, despair, need, hunger, thirst, weariness. And then He begins to reveal Himself to us of who He really is. And David begins to find this. this he mentions this in verses 3 and 4. Let me just read this from, uh, this is the English Standard Version. I'll have uh, Noel put this up. It says, Because of your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I, so I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. And I love the, the way that he says, Because, because, of your love because of your steadfast love being better than life itself. When he begins to realize this, the response is one of praise. He says, oh, how I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live. I will lift my hands to you in prayer. So here's really what what God is doing for you and for me. I go through a difficult circumstance. God's at work not only in your life through that difficult circumstance to bring you to maturity and develop your life. He's working through you so your life might affect others. We don't always see it. That's why we live by faith. In our struggle, we seek Him. We search for Him. We cry out to Him and many times with great intensity. And we're searching, we're searching, we're searching. And we're going to come to see that this this theme throughout all of Scripture, and we've been on the, the theme of love is stronger, that His love is there. His love is unfailing. It's unfaltering. It's enduring. His love perseveres. It reaches to the end. It is the fullness of himself expressed to us in great care and great compassion. And so when we begin to realize that, the response is one of praise and thanksgiving. He says, with my lips I praise you, and with my hands I lift up my hands to you in prayer. And I think that a couple things. One is that lifting up my hands to him in prayer is a, is a physical expression of my dependence but I'm also opening up my life to receive from Him. It shows my 
trust. It shows my dependence upon him. And I praise him as long as I live. And I thought as I shared earlier, the, what, what this does in our lives, one, I think it brings glory to God. It pleases God that we delight in him, we give praise to him. When I thank him and praise him, it also instructs my own heart. There have been a lot of times this last year when I thought, I need to thank the Lord for this. I'm really not feeling thankful. Now, I know I should thank him because he says, give thanks in every circumstance. But I'm having a hard time. And so I actually say it out loud. (laughs) Sometimes Diane will say, are you talking to yourself again? (laughs) Because I do a lot of that. I'll say, I'll just kind of say it out loud. It's like self-talk. But I say it out loud. Because I know he has told me to do that. And, and just doing that begins to instruct my heart and truth. And my feelings end up catching up with those words. But it also encourages others. Do you know why we meet on Sunday? You know why in, in Hebrews 10 it says, don't, don't put off meeting together. You need to meet together. And the reason we meet together People say, well, we meet to worship. Well, we do worship. We meet to study. We do study. You can do those in a lot of places, but the primary purpose of the church meeting together is to encourage one another. That's what, that's what Hebrews 10 says. We, we, we meet together to encourage one another. As I've said before, you can listen to good music on the radio. You can hear better preaching on the radio <laughs> than what you're going to hear. Uh, you can get into programs. You can read books. You can get advice. You can go on the Internet and Google anything you want. But what you, you can't do outside of this body is really encourage one another the way that we should be encouraging one another. So giving thanks. And so this morning what I'd like to do, and this is different, I don't think I've ever done this with our church, is I would like to take some time to just to ask you to share in a sentence or two what you give thanks to God for today. And uh, I'll give you a little time to think about it because people say, I don't want to speak in public. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just open it up. And I'd like for us to do this because I think, one, it'll be good for you to give thanks to God. Maybe through adversity, it may be that you had a Judah, a wilderness of Judah experience this last year, but you saw the goodness and the love of God through it. And you are finding that his Love is stronger than life itself because he is life. He is love.